Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Wellness Podcast. If we haven't met before, my name is Kate Mackey. I'm the host. I am a registered nurse, board-certified nurse coach, and certified personal trainer. So this podcast is all about how general like health and fitness intersect with things that are part of our everyday life. So careers, children, mental health, um, just life in general. Um, So if you are interested in learning a little bit more background about the show or myself, then you can go back to episode one where I do a little intro post. Uh, Today, this subject that I'll be talking about in episode two today is all about what does wellness even mean? Because there's so many different definitions out there and it means different things to different people. Um, First, I do want to do like a few housekeeping things. Like I said, if you need a little bit more background info on me or what this podcast is all about, you can go back to episode one. I currently have a wait list open for my online one-on-one coaching program. It is called Sustainable Strength and Sustainable Nutrition. Um, Again, kind of going with the same theme here of things, if you haven't noticed. Uh, So I have some spots open on my waitlist for that. I have a group, a small group of clients who started with me a couple months ago, and they are wrapping up their first 12 weeks with me. And actually, at least a couple of them um, have already said that they're going to continue on, which is awesome. So, um, but I will be opening up some spots for that again, starting in January, 2023. So let me know if you're interested. I'm more than happy to put you on the wait list and reserve your spot. You are of course under no obligation to buy or anything like that. If you change your mind, I'm very much not into pressure sales. That is super gross. Um, along that line, If you're not really sure if coaching is right for you, I am more than happy to book a call and it's totally free. We can chat for like 20 minutes and just see like what you're looking for, what you want to get up coaching and see if we're a good fit. Again, literally no pressure. I think it's gross. I want to make sure that it is a hell yes for both you and for me um, when we enter a coaching relationship together. So Um, I will post some contact info in the show notes, of course, for that. And then the other thing that I have coming up that begins the end of November. So basically that time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I am doing a holiday fitness challenge. I've done this before. Actually, I did not do it last year, but I did the previous two years um, that I've been in business and it went really well. Um, Usually pick a charity to donate um, a portion of the proceeds from um, your uh, registration fee for that. You get a private Facebook group so you can converse with other people in the group. There's like a tracking sheet because there's going to be a new challenge sent out each week. You are going to get workouts sent out to you. Um, So a whole bunch of stuff and you'll have like lifetime access to those workouts and and everything. Um, So I'm thinking of revamping it a little bit this year and actually including more than I have in years past. In the past, it was more, and it still will be, like, on the honor system where you're kind of, like, tracking your workouts and tracking whether you do the challenges and stuff like that. But I think this time I'm actually going to sound out, like, workouts for each week, which will be kind of fun and something a little bit more hands-on. So stay tuned for that. Um, that I will be opening up registration for that in, um, in November. 
Um, but I'll be releasing details off and on um, about the waitlist and then also about the holiday fitness challenge uh, on my email list and then on social media. So again, those links will be in the show notes. If you are interested in that, uh, definitely follow me on social media and sign up for my email list so you don't miss out. Um, So without further ado, we'll get into today's topic, which is basically all about wellness. Like, what does wellness even mean? And the inspiration for this episode actually comes from a client of mine, a lovely client of mine. Um, She had asked me once basically how I feel about like the name wellness, of course, being in the name of my business, knowing how I feel about (laughs) the wellness industry. Um, Because I have a very like love-hate relationship with anything that is like nutrition, fitness, or like wellness industry based, Um, which of course she knew. she knows I don't like pseudoscience. I don't like charlatans out there spreading misinformation, which like we'll kind of get into briefly. Um, I also am pretty against like MLM health related supplement companies and the things that they promote. Um, I think all that stuff can be very problematic, which of course she knew. So she was just like, what is your take on like basically the current state of how we feel about like what the word wellness means and the fact that it's like the name included in your business. Um, so I, I don't have any intentions as of right now, changing the name of my business. I really do want to include the word wellness in my business just because I believe that it encompasses a multitude of things. Um, So if you, like, while I was kind of prepping some ideas for this podcast episode, I did a little Google search, which, of course, internet never disappoints, Um, and I found some interesting takes on what wellness actually means. A lot of them were using, like, health and wellness interchangeably, which, like, totally makes sense. Uh, So one of the definitions was kind of interesting. It was, like, condition of good physical and mental health, especially when actively maintained with diet and exercise and avoidance of risky behavior. And I was like, that one was a little off the wall because like nothing, no other definition I found uh, talked about risky behavior, but here we are. Um, And then a couple other ones were just like state of good health, like that sort of like blase, amorphous type thing. Um, Say what you will about like big pharma, but Pfizer's website actually had a great definition. It was like practicing healthy habits to attain better mental and physical health outcomes. So you're not just surviving, but thriving. And I was like, ooh, I really like that one. A couple other ones talked about the absence of disease, like healthy state of well-being and free from disease. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, Just because I feel like no one makes it through life completely unscathed. I've definitely had like my own experiences of like mental health issues and trauma and injuries and recovering from childbirth and like health issues in general and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to be 34, 35, Jesus, I'll be 35 in December. So I'm like, I mean, halfway through my mid (laughs) thirties or halfway through my thirties with like a bunch of stuff. And a lot of my clients are too. Like a lot of my clients are in my age range, either a little bit younger or like up into their 60s. So I'm like, we, none of us are making it through unscathed. So I think that definition kind of does people a disservice. Like 
you can only be in a healthy state if you're free from disease. Like, uh, I don't think so. I think you can work on your health and your wellness regardless of what like your disease status, if you will, better term for that. But regardless of what your disease status is, I was like, I feel like that's pretty unfair. Um, I think the one that I liked the most that resonated with me the most is what the World Health Organization says, which is it's a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, which is interesting because not a lot of people include that, and I think it's important, um, and not merely the absence of disease and infirmary. So it kind of goes against some of the things that I was just saying. Uh, this re- I feel like this resonates with me the most because that, again, like I said, nobody makes it through life completely unscathed. It relates back a lot to like what I learned in my um my coaching course when I was becoming a nurse coach. That was like a big component of that. And it was like you can still work on your health and wellness no matter what like your health status is. So I mean, we had hospice nurses that were going through that certification. Obviously, if someone is on hospice, they it is a terminal thing. Like we unfortunately know how things are going to end probably in the near future. However, you can still like foster wellness in someone even when they are in that state by making them feel good physically and mentally. And I have seen it happen like with my own loved ones who have passed. I have seen that in action. I have known hospice nurses and I know that they take great pride in advocating for their patients and making sure that they are well taken care of, making sure that they pass with dignity, like the whole nine yards. And I do truly believe that that is also part of wellness. Um, So yeah, I'm like, it doesn't matter, I think, what your status is in your life. You can always work towards health and wellness. And I think that general, I guess, general public or like what's kind of like out there in the media sort of misses the mark on that. And I think it does people a disservice because if you were to picture wellness, I feel like you're seeing things like saunas and day spas and pricey supplements and detoxes, green juice, um, yoga retreats, essential oils, you know, like only eating organic fruits and vegetables. And like most of that stuff isn't necessarily needed. It might be nice, like essential oils are nice if you use them correctly and carefully. Yoga retreats are nice you know, saunas are nice, but they're not necessary for wellness and health. And I feel like that kind of puts up a barrier because that stuff is like very, very like privileged. Um, And not everyone has access to that stuff and it's not needed. So at the very least, like it's not necessary. At the very worst, um, some of that stuff is actually harmful. Like, I don't know, detoxes are a complete waste of money. Some of them are kind of very shady. And the same thing with like supplements that you know some are effective which i could go into a whole nother episode of that maybe i will um some are effective most are not and some are actually kind of dangerous and can affect your body and actually in negative ways so and then when clients come to me you know when they meet with me before we meet i have them fill out an intake form and then at our first like initial session it takes about an hour just because we don't want to miss anything, we want to make sure we're being thorough. I'll go through that assessment that they filled out, like their intake form, and then we discuss that stuff uh, further. So it gives me some automatic talking points that, like, we can discuss. And sitting down and talking with someone, whether it's either virtual or in person, is going to give me a much 
broader um, idea of like what we're working with and where we can go, you know, strategize and stuff where we can go after our session ends um, than just like the intake form itself. So we do spend lots of time talking um, up close and personal about that stuff. So when people typically will fill out that like that intake form or even like a contact like interest form um, to even initiate coaching, um, you know, they say things like, I want to lose weight. I want to eat healthier. I want to start exercising more. I want to have less pain. That one actually comes up a lot um, because people have either had past injuries or they have chronic illnesses and they know that exercise can help manage those things if we are kind of careful with it. So we work on that stuff, but actually like we may uncover some other stuff that might play into that. So actually a common thing with clients is stress and sleep. So say for example, um, and this happens actually like with a couple of my clients and myself included, say someone wants to be more consistent with exercise or they want to, you know, make sure at minimum they're exercising like two or three days a week. The only time they really know that they have to get that done is if they get up early in the morning before work. Because once the day starts, they've got kids to get up and get ready for school. They've got to go to work. And then the evening is just like, I know at our house, like it's pretty much a rat race. Like go pick my kid up, come home, cook dinner, do dinner, do bath time, bedtime, and then crash. (laughs) It's typically how that goes. And I know that ours is not the only household that is like that. So those people, usually those parents know that the only time that they have is to get up early in the morning and work out. Well, if they're consistently missing workouts when they had planned to work out early in the morning, then we look at, okay, well, why is this happening? Like we made this plan, you know, you're not able, you haven't been able to meet it as much as you would have liked to. And like, that's cool. No judgment, but like, let's take a step back and look, like, are there any reasons why? And one of them is usually sleep. Either they're not getting quality sleep, they're not getting to bed early enough to get up early in the morning. Um, So then it's like, okay, well, we can't really do a whole lot unless we tackle that. So we talk about like bedtime routines and, you know, do you have enough time to wind down in the evening? When are you shutting your phone off? you know, are you getting screen time like right before bed and then expecting yourself to fall asleep afterwards? Um, When's the last time that you consumed any caffeine? Is that affecting your sleep? Do you tend to drink alcohol at night because that also affects your sleep? So there's like a bunch of different things and you're like, you initially, this person is coming to me to like talk about exercise and I'm like, yes. And we found out (laughs) that we need to cover all of these other things first and that is totally okay. In the meantime, we can still work on fitting exercise and it just might look a little bit different than what they had initially planned while we're working on some other stuff. Eventually, we get there and it's all good. Like it's fine. But I just use that as an example because it's so common. Sleep is so common. Like we definitely don't um I feel like as a society we don't value that enough. And I totally used to be like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm like, that worked in college, but not, that's not, that's not the way, (laughs) that's not the way anymore. It doesn't work that way. Um, So for myself personally, it's not even just an early workout in the morning. Like if I don't sleep well, I don't get to bed early enough. I don't get enough sleep. Like we are showing up for the absolute 
minimum. Like I will show up. I don't mean that the way it sounds. I will show up for my clients and I will be absolutely present for my clients. And of course, like taking care of my child, but that's it. Like (laughs) all of my energy goes into that. And like, there isn't much left for me and that's fine. So we are not doing any extracurriculars. I may or may not work out that day, but it's not going to be my best workout. Like we might do some gentle yoga or go for a walk in the sun in the afternoon or something like that. But it's probably not going to be like the day where I'm like, yeah, let's like go to town on kettlebell swings or PR deadlifts. Like that is not, that is not the day. Um, so just some things I'm just using examples, some things to consider. And again, that is one of the reasons why I will continue to have like the word wellness in my coaching business name and wellness in this podcast, because all that stuff kind of integrates with one another. So it is much bigger than just food and exercise for sure. Um, Another thing is, and this tends to happen a lot, I would say more so with clients who come to me with like just general health goals. They're not really coming for like workout programming and personal training per se, but more so related to like nutrition, healthy lifestyle stuff just in general. Sometimes when speaking with clients, um, you know, after a while, I might be like, hey, have you ever thought of like going to therapy or have you been to therapy in the past? Because sometimes like we think that that might be needed. Like I will always listen to clients and hold space for them, but a counselor, someone who is like licensed and has a different skill set and different education, that's not something that I can provide. Like I will always listen. Like I said, hold space. I think it's very important to actively listen to people and give them that attention validation that they need so we can move forward. But coaching is more like very goals based. Like, okay, here's our situation. This is what's going on. Where do we want to go from here and how do we get there? Like that is the with like behavior change and psychology interplayed with that, of course. But like that is my role as a coach. A therapist is going to like process trauma or, you know, previous trauma with someone or be able to give them, you know, more strategies to handle mental illness like anxiety and depression or bipolar disorder or or something like that. And like those are not skill sets that I have. Like I have my very own personal (laughs) experience with anxiety and like, but that's me. I don't have like a wide range of knowledge on that. Um, Because I didn't study that. So in that case, that is one of those examples where I'm like, we are going to refer out. I can, of course, keep them on for coaching. Like, that's fine. But if therapy is something they need, that's a different skill set. So I will sometimes bring that up to people as well. Again, kind of, you know, that well-rounded act of improving someone's health and wellness, not just nutrition and exercise, but sleep, stress, mental health, all of that stuff. It's very important. And honestly, like as far as nurses go, because of course that's my background as well, that is basically what we're taught as, like from day one. It is drilled into us. And even more so as I pursued my certification, that is more of like an offshoot. Um, that's more of like the holistic little sector of nursing. So it's definitely a part of that. But even just like from day one in nursing school, like your role as a nurse is obviously to like help facilitate like the medical care of someone. But also you're thinking about all these other things like um, 
when I did initially, when I first started as a nurse, I was doing some case management stuff. So I was doing like health screenings and like patient education. But then it was also like, do you have a ride to your doctor's appointment that I'm going to help you set up? You don't have like an address because you're homeless. Do we have an address that we can send your new insurance card to? Like stuff like that. Um, Can we get you hooked up with like different resources? What are the food closets, the food pantries that are in the area? Um, Nurses in the hospital are like trying to coordinate. And this I did this when I was in home health too, actually. You're like coordinating with like parents and doctors and trying to make sure that their medication orders are up to date. And then you're contacting and going through like PT, speech, their, you know, I did pediatric home health. So like their teacher, physical therapy, like all these things. So you're kind of like the middleman trying to coordinate all these things and look at the bigger picture of this person's health. Again, a very holistic view. So by nature, Again, that is what resonates with me when I think of wellness. Um, not like this bastardized version that I feel like is kind of in the mainstream today. So like some of the things I listed earlier, like and people in the public eye. So any celebrities or influencers. I just saw, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I just saw, I don't know if it's like Chloe, Kim like all the Kardashians, they're like the same person to me. I don't know. But one of them endorsed some sort of like gummy vitamin and like that shit sold out just because like she endorsed, one of the Kardashians endorsed it. And that's not a good determinant of whether something is a legitimate supplement or not. Like that doesn't say anything about what the safety and efficacy of that supplement just because somebody endorsed it. And then We have other people that are problematic in the wellness industry as well, where Gwyneth Paltrow has like, she has the Goop website. She promotes like a lot of garbage that doesn't actually help anyone and like at its worst can actually be harmful to people. And I'm trying to think, does she have, I think she might have like a show on Hulu or something or Netflix about that. Um, It's just, it's riddled with misinformation, which is very frustrating and then one of her buddies who is just problematic on his own is it's either Anthony William or Anthony Williams, but AKA he's the medical medium. So this dude has zero training in any sort of like healthcare profession at all. So he's not a doctor, nurse, physical therapist, therapist, uh, I don't know, respiratory therapist, uh, chiropractor like nothing he has zero medical training or knowledge it's i don't i don't understand legitimately how this man has not only just like created this empire of like false information but also has not been arrested for some of the recommendations that he has promoted like celery juice isn't curing eczema it's not curing depression i don't I don't understand. Not everything is caused by the Epstein-Barr virus. Like, it's a hot mess. And he is problematic as hell. And Gwyneth Paltrow, of course, endorses him because why not? Um, And then, of course, Dr. Oz is super shady and, like, he promotes supplements that don't work or, again, can be unsafe. And it's just frustrating. It's, I feel like, as, like, legitimate, 
health and wellness professionals and medical professionals were like fighting an uphill battle because all this stuff, they're like such loud voices. And of course they have money. So there's lots of advertising and promotion and all this stuff um, that ends up being like mainstream is what we would think of as wellness. And it kind of sucks because it's, you know, doesn't really, none of that stuff either works, doesn't work well enough for you to spend the money on it because none of them are cheap. And at worst, it can be harmful, like supplement and health conditions and supplement medication interactions are a very real thing, be very dangerous. So, you know, people can get like liver and kidney failure from taking supplements that aren't properly vetted or, you know, it's not okay to treat a disease that could progress with celery juice. Like that's not going to help you it's going to make your, your, like, your disease is going to progress and, like, it could have been prevented or slowed down or treated better with modern medicine. Now, that's not to say that, like, all alternative, quote-unquote, alternative treatments are awful. I, I just think that you have to have a very discerning eye, and that can be really tough as a consumer if you don't have a medical background. So, I never think that it's a bad idea to consult your primary care provider, ask them some questions. It's never, never a bad idea to get their opinion on stuff. Uh, cause some of that stuff can be helpful. Like I think I had mentioned like yoga retreats and essential oils. Like, you know what? I love those. I think they're awesome. (laughs) I love yoga, especially yin yoga. I've been to a yoga retreat and it was life-changing and I also enjoy essential oils for certain things. I also am very careful about how I use them. I don't use them around my child or our dogs. I don't ingest them. I don't use them topically with like out any sort of like carrier oil. So like I definitely pay attention to how I use them and some of them don't really work as well as they say they do. So again, some of that stuff is nice to have. But I feel as though those things that are, like, promoted in the mainstream media and then people like Gwyneth Paltrow and Medical Medium, you know, that stuff, it all has, like, a very big air of um, privilege. And again, I, it's just not, it's just not necessary. You don't need those things. If, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Nothing is a miracle cure. It usually takes... Um, and actually I posted about this on Instagram yesterday, it usually takes like a multitude of tools in somebody's toolkit to achieve what they want when it comes to their health and wellness. And that is okay. That's typically how that works. And it typically takes time. So before I get too ranty, we'll kind of just wrap there. (laughs) I could go on. And in fact, this gave me a great idea because I will do a podcast episode all about supplements because they are unregulated, I definitely think that's something that needs to be discussed. So I can give you some better guidelines on how to vet your supplements if you want to take them. So it's, you know, you're empowered to make more informed and safer decisions. So I think that might end up being the next topic, or at least one of my next topics. So I have a few. I also plan on having some people on. So I have some great friends who are also in the health and wellness business and varying different disciplines, um, either like physical therapy, therapy, 
uh, other um, trainers or coaches that have certain specialties, like working with women over 40 or 50, or women who are pregnant or in that postpartum period, stuff like that. Um, they are just a wealth of knowledge. I also have like a couple friends here and there and some clients who I think would be more than happy to share their stories. I think there's a lot of power in storytelling. So hearing someone else's like struggles and how they made, you know, health and fitness like a part of our lifestyle, I think can be helpful for others. And I, all the people that come to mind, nobody is like, you know, fitness is my life. Like nobody is like that. They all have other competing priorities, but they have found a way to integrate it into their life that has made their life better and, you know, for the long run. Um, yeah, so those are some upcoming things that you can expect. I will put all of my contact information in the show notes. So social media handles, um, websites, and um, my email address. And then if you are interested in any of what I mentioned previously, like at the very beginning of this podcast, as far as like one-on-one coaching, uh, I mentioned the wait list for that is open. And also the holiday challenge, the card for that will not be open until November, but I am more than happy to get together like a wait list or interest list for that and add you on that. So you are up to date. So Sign up for my email list if you are not already on there. Follow me on social media if you are not already there as well. Those are probably the best places to stay up to date on upcoming programs if that's something that you're interested. And then just like general information too. I am sending out, I would say pretty frequently, I send out free workouts or free resources. Like just a few months ago, I got like a lot of positive feedback from like how to manage stress and how to assess your stress and stuff like that. And I've got to give mad props to Precision Nutrition because they were the ones that I pulled all that information from. Um, and then I, I passed it along to everyone on my email list. So I got a lot of positive feedback about that. So if you are interested in that type of material as well, aside from just the podcast, please sign up. You won't regret it. There's I'm always looking to share info. So until next time, I'll talk to you guys in another week or so. Stay safe and be well.